Shelly, you know how much I love programmatic advertising for recruitment. It saves so much time and effort in trying to figure out where I can get maximum exposure and value in advertising my jobs. Yeah, for sure. It is a game changer. And you know who I love too is AppCast. They are the leading programmatic job advertising platform that helps you reach the right candidates fast. Definitely. AppCast advanced targeting and real-time optimization technologies make sure that your job ads are seen by the most qualified candidate. Plus, they have a team of experts that's always there to support you and make sure you get the best results. It's so true, right? AppCast has just got the nicest people on staff. They're just a pleasure to work with. And tracking your job's performance in real time is the other big plus. Being able to see exactly what's happening, what's driving the applications, where they're coming for. And at the end of the day, it's about making hires. And where else can you expand your reach across 30,000 sites? Your candidates are everywhere online with AppCast. Your jobs will be too. So check them out at appcast.io. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge. And as always, joined by Shelly Billinghurst. I was trying to find a nickname. You had to think of my last name. A nice superlative. So on today's show, we are going to chat with the world famous job board doctor, Jeff Dickey Chasens. Jeff, welcome to the show again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm flattered. I'm amazed. And I'm really looking forward to making fun of Serge. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, good. It's pick on Serge day. No, I won't let that happen. And you should be very flattered, Jeff. It's an honor. It's an honor for people <laughs> to come on to the recruitment flex. It's oh. getting kind of thick in here. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, Jeff, let's start with you. For the audience that maybe hasn't heard you on the show before and is wondering, who is the job board doctor? Give us a little background here for the audience. Yeah, this will be the origin story. You guys will be yeah. able to package this up and sell it elsewhere. I, I got into the job board industry purely by happenstance back in 97 worked with a company called Dice, which you may have heard of before. And I was their first marketing and sales director. The company was very small then. Continued working in the job board industry until about 2009, I decided to strike out on my own because I kept getting bought and sold, which I'm sure you guys have had experiences with that if you work with large companies. And I thought, well, there's all these job boards out there but no one's working with them to make them better. And everyone told me it was a good idea. So I hung out my shingle and I've been busy ever since. I've worked with hundreds of job boards around the world and I still like it after you know going on 15 years. So pretty fun. I can't imagine the changes that have happened in 15, 20 years. In some ways it stayed the same, but in other ways it's changed dramatically who the key players are. And the big player today is Indeed. So I want to start mm-hmm. there. Obviously, big news late last year when Indeed announced what they call the cost per applicant model or cost per applicant start. Want to get your take on what the hell is Indeed doing here? Does it make sense to you? 
It does make sense from their perspective because they're very large and they have the ability in terms of the amount of traffic they have and the amount of information they have on the candidate side that they can actually offer this to employers and and be able to fulfill it in some form or fashion. The key thing about a cost per applicant model is that you have to be able to keep the cost reasonable, at least from the employer's perspective, and also have to meet their need for quality. What Indeed has done to try to do that is that they've come up with these two things that they tied into their cost per application model, which I think it's called the deal breaker, which is essentially a screening question. They highly encourage employers to have a screening question, and they'll only pass on applications that someone can go through the screening question. Well, this is not rocket science. This has been around since I started in the industry. It's a good practice. And then the other piece of it is that they give the employers up to 72 hours to reject a given application. And if they don't, then they buy it. And the 72 hours is regardless of it's a weekend or a weekday. So if you get an applicant and you took the Friday off and you don't look at anything over the weekend and you come in on Monday, guess what? You just bought that application. Those two things together, they think, are enough to make employers satisfied. I would say that's more of a mixed story on the employer side, just from my own experience. Yeah, I've seen some employers that are pretty happy with what they're getting out of it. I've also seen some employers say, in some ways, it's a slight improvement over the pay-per-click model, but I'm paying just as much for real applicant as I was paying with a pay-per-click. I'm just getting it in a different format. And then there's probably 40, 50% of the employers out there really don't like it. They feel like they're getting billed regardless of whether or not they're getting what they wanted. Pretty typical yeah. reaction, I think, to any new product. Well, these 72 hours is really interesting because indeed they have the data. They know that candidates are not getting responded in 72 hours or even being looked at. They're making assumptions that... Most of those are going to go true, even if they're not a quality applicant, just based on how busy the talent acquisition department is. I think it's smart on their end, but I still have a hard time understanding what the purpose is. And what I mean by this is every other job board would call this a click, but they're calling Mm -hmm. it an application start and giving them the ability to charge $20 instead of a dollar. It's really designed to confuse the market. And I think mm-hmm. Indeed is smart because they know most people won't understand it. Anyone that expects that they're going to be paying less with Indeed because of this, I think is sorely wrong. You just mentioned that they feel they're paying the same. Are people paying more? Yeah, people are paying more. I think you hit the reason why Indeed is doing this. They had to get to a certain volume level and sophistication on their end, say, okay, we can generate a certain number of applications. But the reality is they're getting more money, and which is what they want. They want to increase the volume of money that each employer is spending with them on average per engagement. And this is going to do that for them because, like you said, it's the law of big numbers. A certain percentage of people will fail to reject applicants, but they end up buying them anyway, and they're buying them at a higher price than they did at the per-click basis. The other thing I think that's interesting, which cracks me up, because I work with niche job boards primarily, and with niche boards, this is taking in feedback from employers in general. Employers come and they're like, 
I'm overwhelmed with all this response from Indeed. I get these thousands of applicants and I only need two or three that are any good. And I have to spend all this HR time running through it. Well, Indeed created the problem. CPA essentially is their solution to their own problem, which I mean, is a great thing if you can pull it off. I'm going to create a problem. Then I'm going to charge you more money to solve the problem that I created. Hey, you know, that's brilliant. Yeah. I wonder if we're really kind of missing the boat here in that job seeker behavior changed. And to think that Indeed changed it is pretty bold. I think we should probably look more to the iPhone. Job search is no different. People even 10 years ago would apply to one or two jobs, now apply to hundreds. We have trained the job seeker market. And yes, I'm a big Indeed fan. Serge knows that. You know that as well, Jeff. Because the fact is that job seekers want more choice. And talent acquisition departments for years have, you know, let me choose. So hundreds of applicants is what they want. And then complain because they have too many applicants or not enough quality, but never look in the mirror. It's a little bit of throwing arrows at the biggest target, which happens to be Indeed. And yes, they're pretty brave knowing that enterprise talent acquisition teams do not get back to candidates in 72 hours. They don't. Even the way their workflow processes are set up, they don't, by and large, get back to candidates that quickly unless you've got some sort of technology to screen and reject, what have you. But the small to medium enterprise, the data is there to support that they do. Mm-hmm. Because for small to medium business, my time is money. And if I know that all I really need is three or four people, I'll shut it off after I got my three or four people. But quality is the key for sure. But the mm-hmm. onus is on the employer. Yeah, I agree with that. I think one of the things that employers have done such a bad job in indeed is filling that gap, right? They're forcing the issue to do the 72 hours. And in some ways that's positive. I disagree with you, Shelly, that indeed it was the driver of the one click apply. Like they're the ones that pushed into the market to make the standardization of a really quick apply. Now they're pulling it back. The screening questions that you mentioned, Jeff, are exactly that. They're pulling back from the one-click apply, which is a problem they created. And now like, hey, we got the solution. We're going to do screening questions and charge you the same. The one interesting thing about Indeed, though, that I've seen recently, and I've seen this in Canada, and I don't know if it's the same in the US, but Indeed is dominating Google for jobs. And what I mean by that, you can go in a Canadian market right now and do jobs in Halifax And the jobs listed are going to be dominated by Indeed, which was not the case. This is fairly recent in the last six months. What's your take on Indeed being on Google for jobs? Well, it's an interesting change because Indeed was on Google for jobs in some other markets, but not in North America. So they made their stand in North America. I don't even know if there was ever official communication, but they just weren't. But you would go into other markets in Europe and whatnot, and they would be showing up in the results because they weren't as dominant. I think to a certain degree, Indeed originally looked at Google for jobs and said, we're not going to worry about that. We have enough internal traffic. You know, we built our brand, et cetera, et cetera. I think them coming on to Google for jobs is possibly an acknowledgement that they were getting hurt by traffic that was being diverted by Google for jobs. 
because it was successful in the market. Now, the question for Google, of course, is going to be, is their tool going to be less valuable when it essentially starts mimicking the problem that used to happen with Google search, where you would go on Google search? And I've heard job seekers complain about this. First three pages, all they'd be would be jobs on Indeed. Well, I was trying to see what employers were out there. I was trying to see what other sources there were. It's just Indeed, Indeed, Indeed. And now Google's own tool is mimicking that behavior. It's not like Google is making any direct money from who appears in the little blue box, but it does affect behavior. Sometimes Indeed does stuff and I just laugh, like them creating a problem and then solving the problem. I literally used to laugh when I would hear the radio ads and they'd say, you know, use screening questions. Like God created screening questions and gave it to Indeed to make your life better. Next thing you're going to say is you can search for jobs on Indeed, unlike any other site. Oh my God, they have a search engine. Who would have thought? So anyway, I can make fun of Indeed all day long. And shall I do not think any less of you because of your infatuation with Indeed? I'm actually related to someone that works for Indeed. It is the Borg. Let's switch targets here and talk a little bit about (laughs) ZipRecruiter because I'm not much of a stock market person. I'm pretty conservative, but I thought, okay, I'm going to buy some ZipRecruiter stock. Knowing what we saw in 2022, because we're in the business, I thought this is the year, man, it's just going to be raining money. But when we saw the results of Q3 and only 7% revenue growth, the stock price obviously reflected it. What are your thoughts? What happened? I was so hopeful. What is going on over there? Well, Zip is in an interesting situation, and they're the classic number two. It's back in the old days when there was monsters, number one, and career builder is always futzing along behind as number two. It's a tough position to be in. And one of the things that Indeed can do that Zip really can't is rely on non-North American markets. Zip. In my opinion, they've not executed well in terms of getting into non-North American markets. And I'm not really sure why. I don't really know anything about it. I also think that they probably overhired during the pandemic and the immediate aftermath of the pandemic, and that may be causing them problems. And then they have a different employer profile than Indeed. Like Indeed is everyone, but like you said, obviously... Enterprise America believes in Indeed at this point. Zip historically has a background in small, medium-sized businesses. Now, that's obviously not their only customers, but, you know, maybe they have not grown the large component of their business as quickly as they should have. And that's where some of the slowness is happening. But it's all speculation. I, I don't pay super close attention to Zip as probably I should. It's too much fun to make fun of indeed. (laughs) Well, on that note, in talking about the stock price and going to IPO, there's been a lot of discussion about StepStone going into IPO this year, which seems very bad timing, just what's going on in the market right now. But they're doing really well from everything I'm reading in the markets where they're at. What's your take? If you were StepStone, Would you go to IPO this year? I would have gone to IPO last year, which historically, that company has moved very slowly, very methodical. And a lot of the things that they've done, I would have thought they would have done years earlier. They have 
had some great successes with the AppCats purchase is one of their great successes. But if they IPO this year, they'll probably do okay. It would not be as much of a, a gigantic success as the Zip IPO was. But I don't think they work on the same time horizon as a lot of U.S. and Canadian companies do. They're more sort of like that Japanese recruit model where they're sort of saying, yeah, two years, five years, 10 years. We're looking at 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. And from that perspective, why not do it in 2023? I actually think on the employer side, it's still a very good year for job boards. All of my clients are doing really well. And it, admittedly, they're not steps on size clients. They're not indeed size clients, but a lot of my clients are in the sort of 20 to $50 million a year range and they're having good years. Do you know something, Jeff? I was doing a bit of research on behalf of a client to see what is happening in that niche job board space. And, and I was really interested to find that most of them are still doing duration-based Advertising, like you would have to buy 30 days Mm -hmm. and you pay your 200 bucks or your 300 bucks. You basically cross your fingers and hope you actually get a job seeker or a decent candidate out of it. Is that still where the market's at? Are job boards still going to stick with their duration based? Yeah, I'd say by and large, the vast majority of them are still offering that. Uh, Predicate that by saying that probably about 70% of my clients are outside of the U.S., when I think about all the niche boards that I work with, yeah, there's not like this gigantic move to pay-per-click or paper application. There's some movement. And you run across sites like College Recruiter, Stephen Rothberg, who we all know and love. His site is very much focused on a pay-per-click model, pay-for-performance. And there are examples of that throughout the niche world, but that's more the exception than the rule. I will say that the percentage of job boards that are out there that offer some type of pay for performance has been holding steady at about 20% for the last three or four years in my surveys. Hasn't really gone up, which surprised me. I figured it would keep creeping up and up, but it hasn't really done that yet. But one of the things that you run into is job boards are very much driven by the employers. And so if employers are not banging them over the head saying, we want pay for performance, or if they throw it out there and no one buys it, they're not going to make the move to do something different. It's called the post and pray model. But in reality, most of the employers that work with niche boards on a regular basis, it's not a guess. I know if I run an ad on XYZ site, I'm going to get 15 applicants and they're all going to be of this quality or not, because otherwise you just don't use them anymore. Well, that's a whole value proposition, right? You're going to get less, but it's going to be more qualified. I am curious because I've been in the job board space for a really long time and Mm -hmm. I've gone through recessions. What advice do you give new job boards that have not gone through a recession? What should they be expecting? Yeah, I've been through three recessions so far and they're just so much fun. You know, they're coming. You just don't always know exactly when they're coming. Yeah, so my advice to job boards is to really pay attention to the fundamentals. That's the thing that's going to get you through the recession. One thing is don't ever allow yourself to become bloated up on staff or on 
certain types of marketing that you can't get out of, you know, make sure that you've got tight control over the expenditure side of it. But then the other part is to stay really tightly attuned to the metrics that are coming back from the job seekers and also from the employers. A key metric that I pound into my clients' heads is how much time are your job seekers spending on the site? How many pages are they spending per visit? What's the typical number of applications that you're getting per job? And if you start seeing the numbers going south, you need to immediately react to that because that's going to drive the employer satisfaction. And then the same thing on the employer side, what's your renewal rates look like? What's the overall trend in terms of what your employers are doing? And pay attention to the sector that you're in. If you're in the tech sector right now, it's very volatile. The thing that's dominating is all these layoffs. But then if you put the layoffs in proportion to how many people these companies hired over the last two years, they sound dramatic when you talk about the layoffs, but they're not when you look at what percentage that is. And if you look at where these people are getting laid off and where they going to, this is actually an opportunity for a lot of job boards. They can open up migration of talent from one place to another place. But that's really what I tell people is just pay attention to the fundamentals. Don't think you can just zoom along like a certain unnamed big job board and just sort of say, it will be this way. And we're not going to worry about whether people want it or don't want it. We're just going to jam it down your throat. You know, little job boards can't do that. Yeah. That is such great advice, Jeff. I think of people I know that have started job boards thinking, all I have to do is throw it up on the internet, but they don't understand the fundamentals of the ebb and flow of talent. Because mm-hmm. the comparison has always been, you know, staffing firm is going to charge you eighteen dollars to $22,000 to find this person. And I'm going to charge you only $500 to post mm-hmm. it on my job board. And magically, somehow this is going to happen without even slightest inkling of understanding job seeker behavior and how people look for work. You've got these entrepreneurs approaching you. They know you're the job board doctor. How do you know somebody's going to make it and somebody's going to close up shop in like three weeks? So it's interesting. I actually worked with Zip in their startup period. And I knew immediately when I was working with them, it was obvious to me that these guys were going to go somewhere because they had all been through startups before. They knew how to execute and they kept drilling down to, you know, what's the important metric? What's the thing that we really have to watch to tell us, are we going up or are we going down? Like many consultants, I actually interview people when they're startup clients to see if I want to work with them because the last thing I want to do is work with someone that I know is going to fail. They're going to be unhappy and the job board doctor will get a bad reputation, which you can't afford. So I asked them questions like, do you have any experience in recruiting? Have you ever worked in HR? Do you understand how people hire? Do you know anything about the niche that you're attempting to work in? You wouldn't believe. I actually have a number of people that are like, no, I don't know anything about hiring. No, I don't know anything about the niche. No, I don't know anything about the tech. But I'm just sure this is like really hot and it's going to be like printing money. And I'll say, well, you know what? You should go try that, but I can't take your money. I can't work with you. I'm sorry. And I'll tell them why. And then off they go. And usually I never hear from them again. Indeed was an exception, but no, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
Well, um, you're going to take credit for it all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I, I think you nailed it, Jeff, because most of the job boards that I've seen even in the last five years are people external to the industry and thinking mm-hmm. it, like you said, you're posting it and you're going to get a ton of candidates. They don't understand how expensive it is to build a two-way marketplace. You've got two right. markets that you have to grow either at the same time or sacrifice revenue for years to grow your job seeker community and then start monetizing. Like the advice that I give when people ask me about opening a job board is don't fucking do it. You are going to waste. (laughs) Don't bother unless you understand the job board space, you understand HR, you understand recruitment. A lot of people think because they hired someone and it didn't go well, now they're an expert of how they can fix this, not realizing probably what you're thinking has been tried seven times and it's failed miserably, hence the reason that no one is doing that. I get really riled up when it comes to people starting job boards because I saw (laughs) one yesterday and I'm like, you are wasting your time. They asked me advice and I'm not the one to ask advice. I had the old bring it to the back of the barn and shoot it. (laughs) Well, it's a lot cheaper though to talk to someone like yourself or me than it is to actually go out and spend X amount of money. I read a blog post about this once. I've unfortunately talked to a number of people over the years that come to me as a triage doctor. Everything's going downhill. We're not making any money. We're losing money. Everyone hates us. Da, 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 da. Can you solve our problem? <laughs> I'm often, you know, like, let's go out to the back of the barn and let's find Martha, that. get the gun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I don't want to hear that. But, you know, that's, sometimes that's the best you can do. Sometimes the animal can be saved, but you do have to have a lot of money to save the animal. That's one of the other questions I ask people. If they have failed every other test, I say, you know. Are you getting funding? Do you have $10 million to throw against this? No. Well, okay. There's your answer. Right drops, right? Right, right. What do you mean? You can't buy your way out of the problem. So you're screwed. And amazingly enough, a percentage of these people are saying, you know, okay, I want to start a job board that's going to be bigger than Indeed. And <laughs> I just laugh. I can't help myself. And I'm saying, well, and that's when the money question comes in. How much yeah. money do you have? I keep waiting for one of them to say, well, Jeff, I've got $20 million. And I'm happy to throw some of your way to get this off the ground. But it okay. hasn't happened yet. <laughs> to your listener, if you're in that situation, you know nothing about job boards and you have a lot of money, give me a call. <laughs> I do want to ask because, Jeff, you've got a line of sight around what's happening in the job board space. Anything that you think is, okay, this particular job board is really solving a problem. Maybe not necessarily innovative, but I'm glad they thought of it. I had put me on the spot about that, didn't you? Well, okay. So I'm an admirer of Seek in Australia. They're not little, they're big. But one of the things I like about them, and I've seen a couple of other job board companies do this, is they've essentially set up a venture fund to invest in other technologies that are related to recruiting that they may want to either profit from or essentially buy at some point and integrate into some of their many offerings. And I think that's a brilliant idea. If I was involved in a job board of any size, I would mimic that. It doesn't have to be something that's huge, but something where you're sort of paying attention to where has someone solved the problem. I'm a big fan of Alex Murphy's company, JobSync. 
I think they have come up with a solution, a technical solution that solves problems. Yeah. If I was running a job board, I'd be looking for companies like that where I'd say, is this something that can be rolled out across all these different markets? Basically, you're always looking for things in the job board world that can increase sophistication and decrease friction. If you can do something that can increase the sophistication of assessing candidates or getting candidates matched to the right jobs or figuring out the core piece of a job posting that's been incomprehensibly written by the employer and try to figure out, well, what's really important there and then get the right candidate to it. That's always a winner. I mean, the HR space right now, everyone's jabbering about chat GPT. Yeah. And I love this one article I read, you know, it can do some really good things, but remember it's stupid. And it was an AI guy writing this. He said, basically he asked the chat, talk to me about the differences between using a dog and a mixer to work on your car. And chat immediately starts churning out this answer. Whereas even the dullest of us would say, you wouldn't do either one of those things to work on a car, but a chat doesn't have an idea of what these things are. They just have all this information. Yeah. Having said that, I think the biggest possible contribution that chat could do at this point would be to write comprehensible and effective job postings. Because I can't believe this is still happening. I mean, it's been going on for 20 years now. They're the Achilles heel of every recruiting effort I've ever seen. People can't write ads. Yeah. And if you could just start using that to make good job ads, that would make everything else better for everyone. You're making me a little bit nervous with that because this is what practitioners are going to do. Just take what ChatGPT comes out and that's their job ad without tweaking it and making it better. We're just at the start, right? It's pretty mind-blowing what ChatGPT has been able to come out with. But a year from now, five years from now, it's going to be way more advanced. I want to end the show on one last question. Mm -hmm. So I've been predicting that ZipRecruiter is going to buy Talent.com for three years now and i'm you're not listening sir no one's listening is this the year it's going to happen jeff is zip recruiter going to buy talent because you mentioned that zip is weak outside of north america and talent has actually got decent market share in some countries in europe am i right wrong no it's not going to happen this year i think it's a brilliant idea but I don't think it's going to happen because I kind of look at companies the way past behavior to predict future behavior. And I've never seen any indication that Zip has done anything significant through acquisition. And there are some companies like Axel Springer Stepstone is a good example of a company that has done significant things through acquisition. Seek is a good example of that. Yeah. Indeed, to a lesser degree, has done that. But Zip, I've never seen any indication that they would do that. No, I think talent's going to have to get bought by someone else. Maybe Great. talent can buy Zip if uh, Zip keeps going down the you know. Yeah, that that could happen. <laughs> so just <laughs> my prediction goes both ways. I want to put that caveat right now. So if it happens the other way, I was still right. But Jeff, couple things. People need to follow your newsletter. How can they find your newsletter? It's pretty simple. You go to jobboarddoctor.com. There's a big subscription button right on the page, or you can go to my blog. There's a subscription button on every page. 
And if you can't figure it out, you can send me an email and I will walk you through the process. Send an email to the doctor at jobboarddoctor.com and I will do it without being snippy. So that's great. And if well, people want to get a hold of you, LinkedIn is probably the best way overall. LinkedIn or just go to my website, jobboarddoctor.com and hit the contact button. Jeff. I love having you on the show. You're actually one of the first guests of the Recruitment Flex. And here we are three years later and you've gotten more handsome. (laughs) You're aging like fine wine. Serge, I didn't think that your beard could get any grayer than it is, but I think your beard, my hair, Shelly, however, has never changed. Thank you. No, Thank you for not including me in this jabbing that you teenage boys tend to do. <laughs> like, honestly, Jeff, thank you so much. Always a delight. You have such deep knowledge, obviously. That's why you call yourself the doctor. It's always a pleasure to hear what you have to say and learn more about what's happening out in the job board world. Thank you so much. And I hope you'll come back again. I would welcome the chance to do so. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.